Hey mama, I cannot wait for this conversation today. Welcome back to the podcast. So today we're going to dive specifically into if you want to continue breastfeeding and pumping even through field training or other field operations, training courses, or kind of low resource environments, which is oftentimes, you know, what our duty looks like right in the military. I'm going to give you my tactical tips, tricks, and hacks for those kinds of things. So you can make a plan and get the support that you need to make it possible when you're in those types of situations and circumstances. And oftentimes I think this is, these are hard situations we're dealing with as military mothers. And that's why it can feel so hard to balance our motherhood and our work at the same time. And so whether it's long days at work, the nights and weeks we end up, you know, sometimes spending from home due to field training, months away from our baby because of TDYs or deployments or other military requirements, we got, can often feel torn from our babies as moms in the military. I know that's how I've felt over time. And so balancing breastfeeding or pumping in our duty can be incredibly challenging. And not only is it heartbreaking being away, of course, but it can also make us doubt whether it's possible and worth it to continue breastfeeding and pumping for them, even if we really desire to. And if we had goals, to continue to do so up to maybe a year or, or past a year mark or whatever it is. So today we're going to continue this series and I'm going to dive into situations of, okay, how are we pumping? How are we maintaining our supply? How are we storing and transporting breast milk when we're in the field or we're in training courses when we're in these crazy environments that, you know, we oftentimes don't have maybe running water. We don't have electricity. We are running missions 24-7. And I've pumped in so many different field training environments on so many occasions, sometimes even having to pump and dump that milk, which was heartbreaking but necessary at the time. And we'll get into that. But I've hand-expressed in the woods on missions. I've pumped on convoys. I've pumped in military vehicles and personal and shared tents in private and also private spaces. I just didn't want to give up. So I kept pushing through and problem solving until I figured out a way to make it work. I was just committed to doing what I needed to do. But at the same time, I often felt like just I was drowning in the demands of motherhood at the time. And I was I was thankful in so many ways for those who advocated for me, who helped me fight for my baby in this and also offered that support that I needed at critical moments in my journey before I ended up finding my own voice, which is kind of where I am today. What we've covered so far, let me just review for you really quick in the last couple episodes in this series is how to maintain your milk supply, tips to balance your fitness and your weight loss goals in breastfeeding so you're not sacrificing your supply when you're trying to get back to fitness and meet all those height and weight standards. You know, and oftentimes we do wonder if exercise is compatible or detrimental to milk supply. So I answered all those questions and busted some myths for you. Um, returning to work and finding time to pump without feeling guilt, even if you have a really demanding job and schedule how to deal with the pressure, the anxiety, that stress that can come in those feelings of failure, you know, of trying to keep up with breastfeeding goals, especially when it gets really hard to stick with, or we're not feeling like we're making enough and those kinds of things, what to do and where to turn if you're running into roadblocks. And then some of my favorite resources that helped me along the way. So if you haven't listened to those previous episodes, go back and listen to those and then meet me back right here. And to make this work, even if you're pulled away from your baby, if you're pulled away from you know, your home station, if you're pulled away from resources. So that's what we're going to cover today. We're going to make a solid plan or help you make a solid plan for how to maintain your supply so you can feel confident and supported through it all. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ.
So many of the situations we find ourselves in are unique as military moms because we're like, okay, what do we do when we're not in an office or when we're not in a building, when our job doesn't have four walls, right? When we're out on the flight line, when we're in the motor pool, when we're out in the field, when we're in security forces at the gate, like what do we do when those are our jobs, you know, and that's what our job demands. So how can we do this without impacting the mission? So, oh man, I found in so many different environments, everywhere from two to 18 months postpartum, and some were more difficult than others, but I know how much physical, mental, and emotional time and energy it takes, and how difficult it can be to problem solve a way to pump, to store, to transport the milk. Anyone who's familiar with pumping or has done so in any of these environments can absolutely empathize with that, right? And so I've pumped in so many situations I look back on now, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just want to laugh, cry, frustrated with it, be proud of it. So many mixed emotions around this. And it just took an incredible amount of dedication and perseverance. And it's that's one of the reasons I, I know it is such a personal decision and it is such a labor of love. And it's not it's not for the faint of heart. Being a military mom is not for the faint of heart, but also pumping through all of these things is not for the faint of heart. And it, it has to be something that's worth it for you. And, and you're the only one that can decide that and weigh that. But I really want to emphasize, I don't want anybody to feel forced to choose between when you don't actually have to. I don't want you to feel forced to quit before you're ready to stop or to wean. I don't want you to be discouraged when it actually is possible to make it work. But we have to be supported in it, right? So oftentimes we don't experience the support. We've, we've got to be the ones again to advocate for the support that we need. So I know how much stress and anxiety it can it can bring being away from your baby for extended periods of time, for overnights, for in low resource environments. It can not only bring all that stress and anxiety, but also health concerns, milk supply issues, right? Milk supply challenges. So we have to have those candid conversations with our leaders to help them understand our needs. And we, above all, must know that we do have the choice. We, we do have the choice to continue lactating, to be supported and cared for. And that's what policy is there to protect us in. Not just so because we're required to be supported, but because we're valued members of the team. And this is what really allows us to then give our best to the team in turn. Like when we're taken care of in those little ways, when we know our family is taken care of, that's what allows us to show up fully, right? When we are at work. And so the amount of time I had in the first one and a half years of Matthew's life, my older son, it just wore so heavily on me. I was so grateful for each of those experiences professionally of each training event and the opportunity to grow through it and contribute meaningfully to my team in it. I gave my all and that was worth it and it made me cherish my time together with him that much more but it was really really hard and I have a million stories and lessons learned from this. I just really want you to know that you get to decide. You get to decide how long you breastfeed for. I don't want you to stop because other people are uncomfortable with you doing it or other people are not supportive or other people are pressuring you one way or the other. Don't let other people's opinions be what drives you or even guilts you, right? Make the decision you want to and you make it push back. That's okay. Maybe it's from your family. Maybe it's from your work. Maybe it's from your supervisors. Maybe it's from your team or like somebody who just keeps digging you about it or whatever, right? But you know your family and your baby best and you know your body. You know what you can handle. You know, you know your mental health more than anybody else too. Know that you deserve to be supported in this. Know that if you're not being supported, there is a chain of command and you can use the open door policy to advocate for yourself. You can reach out to me. I can help you. And I understand how uncomfortable it can be. We can't change the culture if we're not standing up for ourselves first. 
So it starts with one voice, with one person saying, okay, that's not right. It should be different. I deserve better. Women deserve better. So stand up, stand up for yourself. Stand up for all women by normalizing these conversations. It makes it a million times easier for any woman who comes behind you. So let's start getting into pumping in the field tips or pumping in these, these weird operational environments that might find ourselves in these challenging situations. I have this picture from a basic officer course. It was the first week of this course and we were doing land navigation. So we had this day where we had to get up super early as, as always, right? But we did this like practice round for three hours before the sun even kind of came up. And then we did the real thing. And this was in Arizona, the hottest day, the highest level of heat casualty rating for the entire summer so far. And I just remember we had about, I think it was like a four hour time frame where we could do this land navigation course. And granted, I'm pumping about every two to three hours because I had a newborn. So he's eating a lot. My milk supply is just kind of starting to regulate. I was, was not very familiar with how to make all this work yet because it was my first week returning to full-time work. And then I was thrown into this field environment. We don't have any resources really at all. I had to go do this land navigation which was for a grade and i had to pass in order to keep you know to keep going in the course and so it was like this high pressure moment but i was like okay well how am i supposed to figure out pumping but i didn't know how long i was going to be out there because we had this range of time that we could make it in to get all our points in i carried this little hand pump around and i have this picture that my friend took i've got my vest on that has like all the pockets and all the things in it there was my hand pump sitting in one of the pockets sticking out and it's just so funny because it's see the duck bill sticking out and there I was just like ready to go for land nav got all my gear and i got my hand pump with me and i just think it was so funny because when i look at that picture it brings a smile and it just makes me laugh but it also brings a lot of memories back of how hard it was and you know, I, like I said, I was barely two months postpartum. I was pumping around the clock for my little baby, just hand pumping kit, ready to get after land navigation. I mean, it was like, this is just, if this is not the story of military motherhood, I don't know what it is. Man, it was tough. And that was the beginning of it all. And I just remember having so much even anxiety around that day. Like, how am I going to make this work? And was my body going to be okay? Was I going to experience really bad engorgement when I was out there on this course? But I am not going to want to take time because my time is ticking like I'm on the clock you know because this is graded and so I was just like well I'll just bring this little hand pump just in case I need it across miles and miles of terrain and just going up and down in big valleys and mountains I mean like it was crazy and so it is possible but it's really hard and I just want to I see you in that and I completely understand if you want to make this work we're gonna go through what it takes and what I've learned the hard way and figured out so that hopefully I can help you with some of that problem solving I have done both. I've been able to store and transport the milk, and I've also pumped and dumped a lot. And it's heartbreaking, but sometimes it has been just what I've had to do to make it work. So here's some places to pump during field operations. I'm gonna go dive into some of the practicals of it. So maybe it's a personal vehicle. If you are in the army, right, we go to and other military services, like we may have weapons ranges, for example, where we're going out for the day and doing something in the field. So could you get a range pass for your personal vehicle? And that vehicle now is your place where you get to pump and you can kind of keep your supplies. If you need to, you can plug your pump with a power adapter into your car. And it gives you that both private space, but also 
the ability to kind of transport the stuff that you need and have a little bit more autonomy with that. So that's one way to do it. But usually we can't drive our vehicles onto those ranges. You can only drive military vehicles. So could you get, just go through the administrative steps to get a range pass requested ahead of time and approved so that you can drive that out there. Another place to pump could be a military vehicle. So I've pumped in so many military vehicles in the back of them or in the front of them. Um, I've pumped in the back of medical vehicles. You could pump in the back of like a field ambulance if they're bringing that along for the mission, which they probably are. You could pump in an aircraft. You could pump in a pop-up tent. Sometimes I've pumped in not so private areas with my nursing cover on because I was like, okay, I just got to do this. And you know, it is what it is. If you have a mobile pump, you could also in theory, you could keep doing what you're doing, potentially, depending on what it is, how physically demanding it is. So if you have like a Willow or the LV or something like that, that could work. This is not the right answer, but I've had to do this in a number of occasions, but you could also hand express quickly if you need to relieve pressure. I've done this out in the woods. I've done this in a porta potty when the mission doesn't allow time. And I just wanna say though, this should be the exception to the rule. You should not be forced to do that. That's just been in certain situations when we've been on a super time crunch and like we're, we're running back and forth to different places or there's just, there's not enough time in that like window of time. And then I make sure I make up for it on the front and back end. So again, exception to the rule, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Right. Of note here too is I recommend if you have like a, a regular kind of hospital grade medical pump, like extra or something, I recommend the option that has a rechargeable battery. And the reason I say that is because then you're not confined to only places you can plug it in to use it. So it gives you flexibility of not having to be plugged in and that's such a game changer. And so my, my trusty Spectra, it decided it was gonna die on me with my last baby after I used it for a few years. It got, you know, I mean, it got so dirty out there. It went through so much with me. It was in my ruck all the time. I just lugged it around everywhere I went. I mean, it was, it was so funny. So those are some examples of where you could pump. Okay. Some examples of logistics of how to make the pumping, the storage, and the transportation work. You can preserve this milk, keep it cold, and get it back to where it needs to be for your baby. Fridge, coolers, someone picking it up and transporting it, you transporting it yourself, using a generator maybe. Sometimes they have to get really creative, but some things that have worked for me in the past. Again, could you take a vehicle part of the way or all the way out to where you're going to be or park in a designated space for civilian vehicles? So I've had to do that too if, if we, for whatever reason, are not able to get a pass um, or get out to the site because maybe it's like physically can't drive that way because you're you're going through rough terrain or something like that. So I've parked where I could and then had to walk back and forth. Could an ice and cooler work? Would you be able to replace that ice every 24-ish hours or maybe a little bit longer depending on the quality of your cooler and how hot the environment is? If you've got like a really amazing Yeti, maybe that's going to last longer, but could your milk be transported back to the rear to hand off to someone on your behalf back home for your baby if you need to use it right away or could it be transported by somebody else and put in a freezer in the office at the home station? You know, if somebody's making trips back and forth already for different supplies or something like that, do you have a field kitchen or a medical team that has a refrigerator you can coordinate with to hand off milk to while you're on mission could you take a mini fridge with you and plug it in if your unit is setting up power somewhere could you take a mini fridge with a freezer so that you have a longer time frame that milk could last while you're out there instead of you know it expiring after whatever three four days or having to be used can you your unit take a mini generator with you if you're just going to have a tent but no power supply and you need to recharge your pump somehow right 
this may feel overwhelming and I, I completely see you in that it's okay if you're feeling that way because that's how I was too but I want you to break this down step by step so the first thing that I want you to do is talk with your supervisor or your commander let them know you're going to be pumping right and you want to come up with a plan to make it work to ensure you're taken care of that you know your business is taken care of so you and your health is taken care of so you can focus on that mission then determine what resources are going to be available so what are you going to have at your disposal as a unit and what is the environment going to look like and what those day-to-day operations are going to look like i want you to also take note what are those highest resource moments where you have like the most optimal resources and environment set up and then also what are those low resource moments so maybe it's during your travel time maybe it's during the setup time because those can be the, some of the most stressful points along the way right because it's great when you got everything set up and you maybe have your fridge plugged in or maybe you have like things going for you but until you get that up and running you may have to pump and dump or maybe you're going to have to be a little bit more flexible and compromise slightly on your pumping schedule and then get back on track once you kind of get out there like for example if you're on a military convoy and you're in a quote-unquote contested environment or maybe you're in real life you're actually in a unsecure location i mean you might not be able to pump in that just given whatever the mission is you're going to know you know what your situation looks like but where might you have to be flexible just and adaptable based on the mission so you're so again it's not to the detriment of the mission or a safety concern or something like that and where can you make it work to store the milk to maybe transport the milk so and i encourage you as you're making your plan to build in that flexibility as much as possible where you kind of have a plan a and plan b because we all know things don't always go according to plan and we also sometimes have to plan to fail if we have sort of backup options it, it can just really help you have peace of mind you know that okay if everything isn't quite lining up as ideal i don't have to freak out and it's all good okay so i'm gonna give you a few examples specifically of how i made this work in different environments so recently at my engineer captain's career course training which is one of our career progression trainings we had to do a 14 and a half ish mile graded ruck so again we're on a time crunch this was a requirement to pass the course it was super intense physically so so hilly it's like the it was the sapper ruck course plus extra an extra gigantic hill or two and so what we did was my one of my cadre members my supervisor set up his car for me when we arrived at the field training site after this ruck so after the graded ruck was over we had we kind of fell into these next graded events which was mission planning and so we're out in the field we have no running water, no bathroom facilities. There were these sort of hard stand buildings to simulate buildings to train on in, in military tactics and operations, but they were empty. There was nothing in them. There was just walls and some, some roofs, some were without roofs, some were like rubble. We had, we talked about it ahead of time. The best plan was just that I was going to use his car to pump. And he was very understanding because he was a dual military. His wife was also in the military. She was our second baby. I couldn't in any way drive a vehicle out there because I was rucking, but our cadre had driven over there and they were driving along the ruck course, you know, making sure we were all okay and stuff like that. That was one way that we made this work. Some of the friction points for that were that I had to compromise. I had to sacrifice some of my time on the follow-on graded event. So while my classmates rolled straight from the ruck into their test, I first took time to pump. And so I kind of assessed the situation and I was like, okay, I'm going to be a little bit more crunch for time, but I feel confident that I'm okay with this, with this curriculum. And I'm going to be okay on this test with a little bit shorter amount of time to do the work. So I'm going to go pump, take care of what I need to do for, for 20 minutes. And then I'll start the test. Uh, the other one was that at the very end, 
which would have been another time just based on the time frame we were out there we were out there all day I was about at this point I think it was like 10 11 months postpartum and so I was no longer pumping at quite the frequency as when I was you know early postpartum but I was still pumping maybe about every I don't know four or so hours and my body had really regulated in its supply and I trusted that okay even if I was only able to pump like one time in the middle of this long day like I would be okay and I could pump as soon as I got home and it would all be fine but yeah I definitely was starting to feel a bit like okay I'm getting a little bit engorged towards the end of the day but we were such crunch time at that point because this was when we were doing the most intensive mission planning and the whole point of this is to really stress us in the amount of time that we were given to do this planning process. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to push through. I'm going to finish this up and give my best. And then I'm going to pump as soon as I get home. But that was a risk I had to weigh for myself. You know, if, if you're somebody who has experienced, you know, maybe you have a history of mastitis and you really easily get clogged up or you're early on and your milk supply is a little bit more volatile, those are risks that may be a little bit higher for you. But I really had a lot of trust in my body and I kind of understood where my body was at enough. And so those are things you're gonna to wanna to evaluate and evaluate the risk and also communicate that openly with your supervisor to weigh the mission and your body's physiological needs and how, you know, what's gonna protect your health and what's gonna be best for you and your baby and your family and the mission, right? Okay, but I'm gonna give you a couple other examples of how I've made this work in field training environments. So um, something, one time I had a really major training exercise in Hawaii and I believe we were going to be out there for about 10 days if I remember correctly and we were, I was luckily able to bring my mini fridge and my mini fridge has a freezer on it and once we got it plugged in it was such a relief but I actually learned that day there was another mom at my unit who was planning to pump for her baby and I had no idea because I was pretty new to the team. This was one of our first field training you know, situations together. I had done all this work to coordinate to bring my fridge out there for this purpose and she was just kind of under the radar going to pump when she needed to but she was planning to dump the milk. But I brought that fridge and I realized that hey wait she's pumping too and bringing that gave her so much encouragement because she was like oh my gosh I can save this milk. I didn't think I was there was going to be a way to make this work. We were, I believe at the time, the only two women in our entire battalion staff. We were in a light infantry battalion, which is combat arms, so it's very rare to see women in our formation. We were able to send a batch or two home throughout the exercise with someone who was driving back to the rear because we were there overnights. And they put the bag of our milk in the freezer in the shared fridge in our unit's office building for us. The most challenging part of that exercise, though, and other similar ones were when we had to travel to and from the lag time that happened in setting up. And then when the fake enemy would, would basically overrun our operating center. And so then we would have to take it all down, move quickly, and then reset it all up. And so there was some pumping and dumping during those times. There were those time frames where the fridge had to become unplugged and we would have to duct tape it and try to keep it keep the milk as cold as possible and just pray that it would last until we got it plugged back in right and, and when we got power again it was definitely stressful there and so when we don't have the predictability over every part of the mission which most of the time we don't in the military because there's always some of that is intentional built-in unpredictability where we have to react like we got to be reactive and adaptable but the other part of it is that like we're not always the ones who are planning these operations so you don't always have awareness of here's all the moving pieces and here's where we're going to be when and what this is all going to look like and what we're going to have access to and those kinds of things so you got to 
sometimes take that initiative to, to get in touch with the people who do know the plan so that you can do your best to plan within the plan and also be flexible and ready to kind of problem solve and be adaptable to whatever the scenarios end up looking like and how it all plays out. So that's another example. Another similar exercise in that training progression, I was later on, I learned that there was a soldier who was pumping in a nearby team. She wasn't with us. She's in a different area of the battlefield, but I advocated to our sergeant major on her behalf to be able to receive her milk so that we could store it for her because she had a cooler with ice. But in the meantime, we were, she was then able to basically arrange to transport it to us once a day to keep it cooler longer. And if I hadn't been able to do that, I'm not sure if she would have been able to even keep her milk or get it back home eventually, but she was able to. And this was simply because I heard of her situation. Um, I I think I kind of overheard somebody talking about it even. And then I was like, wait a minute, let me get a better sense of what she needs, what her situation looks like and how we can help support her from here because we have a little bit more resources than she does out in her even more remote site. As I am finishing up editing this, I just thought of another detail in this story. And so I just want to add that on. And my little guy, you'll hear him in the background here because he's right here with me. I don't remember all the details now, but I do recall that she came to me at one point and she had told me the entire story of her whole family situation and her husband and her being stationed apart and trying to figure out what they were going to do with their baby and how they were going to make the most of the freezer stash they had left. And she was really worried about her supply and she didn't think that she was going to be able to you know, keep going and they were going to have to switch over to formula uh, because her baby, she didn't think she was going to be able to, to store this milk and transport it and get it home safely. But this enabled that to be possible, and it was just simply because I feel so grateful that I was like in the right place in the right time to be able to help her in that moment when she really needed it, and it just changed the entire game for her, her family. And it was the exact support that they needed to make all of that possible. And so I want to give you that example too of like not only does this benefit again you or another person who is you know on your team, but you can also help advocate for somebody else who follows. You know, and she was lower rank than um, than me and and the other again the other officer who ended up pumping with me that first time, and so we were able to really like be that liaison and to to speak up for her. Again, if if your milk cannot be stored and transported, you've got to be given that time and space to at least express your milk and to, and then to discard it if you need to because the intent is to be allow you to make sure your body is staying healthy and to maintain that physiological capability to continue to lactate. And so you're able to maintain your milk supply over time so that when you return home, you can still pump, you're still pumping, having the same amount of output, you're still able to nurse your baby. So even if you're not able to give them all that milk that you pump during that time, you can continue when you get back home. And, and for me, that was a big part of my, my sort of bare minimum goal. It was great every time I was able to pump and store the milk and transport it and, and because I wasn't wasting it, but I didn't see it as a waste even when I was pumping it up. Like I had to kind of reframe my mindset on that because yes, it's heartbreaking. You're having to pour out liquid gold. And you're like, well, oh, I worked so hard for this. But my, my big why was I want to keep nursing my baby when I get back home and if this is what it's going to take it's, it's what it's going to take so get really clear on your goals and what your ideal goal is and also that bare minimum you're going to be okay with and when you're really clear on what your why is you kind of are able to become more at peace with it no matter what the outcome ends up looking like so for me my why was like okay i i'm pouring into my baby when i'm not with him so i'm going to give my all to this mission and to this team and go out with them and do all the things like be present with them to like give 100 percent when i'm out here but i'm still at the same time 
doing something for my son. I'm still loving and caring for him even when I'm away. I'm pouring my, my body out for him in this way still, right? And so it really helped like my broken mama heart when I felt like I was constantly pulled from him. It wasn't fueled by this guilt of being away, but it was fueled by this immense love I had for him. And, and that's what helped me persevere. That's what helped me, you know, problem solve when it was really hard. It kept me going when I was discouraged, when, I, when it was exhausting, when I had barely any time to sleep let alone pump i was getting an hour of sleep and i was also managing pumping it was like you know i knew it was going to be worth it when i was just going to be able to to come home and reconnect with him through nursing when we got back and it was true i mean we just like melted back into each other and and it was like i never left you know it was just beautiful and i i think that was that bond was just so strong because of being able to connect in that way and so it might not be the same journey for every single person but that for us really, really mattered. And for me, it was, it was always worth it because of all those reasons. You know, there's some considerations I think are important uh, to think about as far as how strongly you want to advocate for being able to store and transport that milk. So what does your supply look like? Do you have a freezer stash or, or no? Is your baby dependent on the milk that you produce the, that exact day or the previous day? How reliant is baby on milk? How old are they at this point? How much milk do they need in a day? How susceptible are you to clogged ducts, to mastitis maybe? Because once you get mastitis once, you're more predisposed to it. Those are risks. It increases your risk factors. What does the sanitation look like in your environment? Do you have any running water? Do you have access to any showers? How are you staying clean enough at least you know even if maybe you can't shower for 14 days on end because I've been there too or, or even longer and it's rough but sometimes having to just make make do with what you've got um what is your uniform considerations what does your gear look like are you having to wear I know I had at in all these different field training situations I was wearing plates body armor plates that were pressing up against my chest and that is also increasing the risk for clogged ducts for mastitis for engorgement for sanitation concerns right when you're lactating our bodies are always sweaty and gross and you're also you know lactating and you're trying to keep yourself like clean enough as you're pumping or you're trying to store the milk then instead of just pumping it when you're pumping and dumping sanitation doesn't quite matter as much because you're like not trying as hard to keep your milk clean but at the same time you don't want your body to get an infection and so those things do matter and then how much trust you have in your body's resilience through maybe unpredictable schedules or a little bit of inconsistency in your pumping routine there can be a lot a lot of challenges with that all right now i want to give you some tips for what supplies to bring when you're out in these crazy environments with very low resources so if you're using an electric pump consider do you need any kind of adapter do you need more batteries please 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 bring extra pump parts and then also bring a manual pump a hand pump for additional flexibility you may be able to just hand express milk or at least experiment with it if you're not comfortable just as, a, as an emergency but a manual pump can also be like a backup just in case something happens with your pump or whatever it's it's going to be faster than probably hand expressing milk if you have some access to electricity and if you can bring a fridge a mini fridge that would be amazing I highly recommend if you are able to bring a mini fridge to, to bring one of the freezer if possible because it will give you more long longevity with storing your milk before it needs to be transported right or used it gives you more peace of mind also in case you do lose power or if you've got to move quickly to a different location and it gets unplugged for a while because of your mission or your milk is going to have a higher likelihood of surviving cooler or if you need ice if you have a nursing t-shirt if you have like a nursing friendly 
uniform shirt that can be amazing so those are always game changers for me just being able to pump more expediently <laughs> when i'm trying to minimize my time you know doing that and especially when i'm in the field so that can be really helpful sanitation okay so how do we stay clean how do we do this the best as possible when we again do not have access to so many of the things we normally would to just keep clean so rinse your pump parts after pumping with make sure it is it's safe clean water so there's going to be water that's potable and there's water that's not so make sure it is water that is is also being used to drink you can use brushes bring anything that you're going to need like that bring your soap or bring medela cleaning spray or wipes i've brought a mixture of all these things and and done all of it so if you're able to wash your supplies as thoroughly as possible throughout that will just help i would clean my pump parts thoroughly once every 24 hours and then i would keep the parts in a clean gallon ziploc bag in the fridge between sessions and that would be what worked best for me so i brought like a million ziploc bags out with me i brought all the parts that i would need i brought extra parts i brought so lots of stuff so i hope that helps you just give your all for the team and also your family and then also give yourself grace be proud of all the things that you're doing there's so so much invisible labor in making this all work and so i just honor you and wherever you're at on your journey and whatever you're able to make happen is amazing if and at the end of the day i just want you to feel empowered to make the right decision for you and for your family above all and to know that you're not alone this is not easy but you're not alone in it and you don't have to be alone so whatever your journey looks like, however long that you've you've made it, I congratulate you for that, and I honor your any struggles that you've endured and overcome, and you can do this. You can do this. It's not easy by any means, it, but it is possible. And at the same time, again, you are the only one that, that knows if it's worth it for you. Your mental health matters. Your physical health matters. And remember at the end of the day, too, this is it's not all or nothing. It's not about success or failure. And you are no less of a mom if you aren't able or if you just choose not to continue. So full freedom to choose means that you know you feel supported either way, no matter what. It's because your worth is not in this. And you can make that decision from a place of freedom instead of pressure or guilt or fear or just being driven by other people's opinions. So... I just want you to know that i want you to feel supported no matter what i want you to feel loved to feel seen to feel heard to feel just honored as a mother in your own journey whatever that looks like and know that i'm here for you so i, I would love to support you in any way if i can and i pray that this bless you today and if this was was helpful to you please share this with a friend we need we need to need to need to have more conversations about this stuff we need to know we're not alone in it we need more tips for how to make it work if we want to make it work and to make it possible even when it's hard so please share this with somebody who you feel like would benefit from it too and keep getting the word out there all right so i love you i am so proud of you no matter what and i look forward to continuing the conversation we're going to dive into next we're going to dive into how to discern if it's time to wean how to navigate those feelings of, um, you know, if we're going on a TDY, a temporary time away from our family, if we have to go on a deployment or a rotation for extended periods of time, how to navigate sometimes those situations that come up where, you know, maybe we feel like we have to stop, but it's not quite on our own terms, how to make those decisions and discern and to do so in a way that we feel like we have some closure around our journeys. That's what we're going to talk about next, because I know there's many times that we have to travel there's many times we have to be away there's many times we feel pulled away from our family you know and, and it's really hard to deal with that and so what are the impacts sometimes to our breastfeeding journeys and that's what we're going to talk about next all right i'll meet you over there